Welcome to the No Wasted Days podcast. I'm Blaine Marion. And I'm Courtney Marion. And on this podcast, we dive deep into the unconventional ways we got sober. And how we continue to stay sober. Well, welcome to episode 13 of the No Wasted Days podcast. Uh, we just want to start this one off just by thanking everybody for all the uh, all the love and support that we got from releasing last week's episode. That one was kind of a harder one to talk about and get through. And uh, just want to thank everybody that reached out and sent messages. And yeah, it's greatly appreciated. Yeah. And you know, it's one of those things that it was so hard to get out. Um, it was one of those things we really, I felt like we had to work up to, but now that it is out and it's on the table, we've had such great feedback from friends and family and just listeners in general. Uh, I'm really proud of that episode and it's it's going to be a, a good one to continue on. Yeah. And one of the coolest um, messages I got was, you know, your story is really going to help people. And that just, uh, it made me it made me feel so good. And that's what this is all about. So anyways, guys, this is going to be uh, episode 13 here today. And today we're going to be talking about relationships. So Courtney, how uh, we're kind of going to talk about how our relationships were with people when we were drinking and uh, in addiction, and then uh, what they're like now in uh, sobriety. So uh how was your? How was our relationship? We'll start with us. How was our relationship when we were uh, still on the sauce? I, it wasn't terrible, but I mean, it obviously wasn't fucking like top notch. It, well, it didn't hit like all the potential it's hitting now. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was almost. It's funny. I, it's funny that you said that. I had one of my friends reach out, not reach out, but we were chatting like last summer, right before we got married. And she actually said to me, she's like, I can't believe that you guys have been together for 15 years and you're still with that man who hasn't married you. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's like, if that was me, I would have been gone such a long time ago. Like, I would have been like, no, fuck you. Like, peace the fuck out. And it's funny because it kind of got the ball. Like, I, and I told her, I was like, well, you know, when you're an addict and you're in an active addiction, you put that shit on the background because that's not fucking priority one. Priority one is satisfying that addiction. So everything else is just fucking background noise. Yeah, I, I, I can remember like, being an active addiction and like, I'm like, fuck, we can't get married because all my family will be there and I'll be drunk. And like, then I got to hide my like addiction and like, got to, you know, got to play that character and all that. And, and look what happens, you know, you get sober. We planned our wedding in one night. Literally like, one night. We got a piece of paper and I laid on the floor and we just, I planned it. And Blaine was also high on mushrooms when he planned it. He planned, Blaine planned this <laughs> wedding. Like I had bare minimum to do with this whole entire planning. Like Blaine was like, I'll take care of it. And he planned it in like a day. I was, I did a little, I had a bit of mushroom tea and I planned our wedding. <laughs> and it, our wedding was great. He even, okay, he, this man even planned. He was like, yeah, you, there's a, there's a place in Prince George you can get a dress at. Like I'll like, I'll call and set you up an appointment. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And like, literally it took bare minimal planning and it was very small. I've always wanted a small wedding. It honestly, if it was up to me, I would have eloped a long time ago. Um, but unfortunately, cause some people in my family have criminal records and can't get passports. <laughs> uh, that was never an option for us. Cause I wanted them to be there. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super interesting how within two and a half years, less than two and a half years, you know, from the sobriety and the drinking and carrying on and fucking active addiction, like how shit changed very quickly. Yeah. And it was like, it's like everything else when your life is chaos and you're stuck in addiction. It's like, how am I going to plan a wedding? I got to figure out the food, the everything, the people, uh, the venue. But then when you're sober, things just start to come easy. And it's like, well, just make a list. There's like five things. <laughs> it's not hard at all. 
Well, if you or anything, not just a wedding, any aspect of your life. I know. I like so many people had like input or wanted to have input. Like our our wedding was so small. It was so simple. It was absolutely fucking perfect. Yeah, it was amazing. It was, and honestly, like I see people now are like looking back at people planning weddings and they're blowing this out of proportion. They're blowing that out of proportion. Like, fuck, why you guys put yourself in the hole to plan this fucking wedding? And that's exactly what people do. And that's exactly the mindset I went into with like the wedding and shit too, which is I think a part of why we put it off. Your wedding doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be fucking crazy. Yeah, it was, ours was amazing. We had it in the backyard at our house. We had like 13 guests. Like it was, yeah, no, that's, that's the way to do her. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> enough about us right so uh it's gonna go into a little bit of uh how about our relationship with our parents i'll let you start <laughs> of course you would um so i actually was very or probably still am i mean i can't say i'm fucking cured here but i was very much trauma bonded with my parents um so that being said like i made excuses for shit that they would pull shit that i would let slide shit that I shouldn't have. Um, and my parents, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not here to fucking shit on anybody, but they're very much deep in their own fucking trenches. They're very much deep in their own shit. Mm -hmm. Um, my relationship with my parents used to be good when I was deep in my fucking shit because, you know, misery loves company and you're on the same page. Uh, that, that dynamic has really changed since I've gotten sober. I, and it's, it sucks because it's so bittersweet. Um, because I'm so happy and I'm so thankful for this life and being sober, but it's taken such a fucking toll because I can't, me and my parents aren't on the same page. Like they don't understand. Yeah. And I'm sitting at a point where I'm healing and I'm trying to heal. And then I'm sitting there looking at them being like, well, I don't understand why you don't want to do better for yourself. Yeah. It's hard when, when you get sober and other people are still struggling with their addiction. Sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to look and see what people put themselves through and just be like, man, this life on this side is so much better. And you want that. I want it for everybody that struggles with addiction to be able to get sober and do this. And because I just know how miserable I was when I was an addict and how amazing my life is now. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely a big change. Well, and I still see it, right? Like, cause I'm, you know, I'm pulled, pulling myself out of the shit. We're like, we're on the fucking up, uphill of this battle. And like, I look around and, yeah, it's, and it's, it kills me, honestly, that me and my parents don't have that good relationship anymore. But I also can't fucking give back into that victim mentality. Like, oh, shitty things happen to me, so I should just get fucked up. Yeah. Like, no, shitty shit's going to happen to you, no doubt. Like, I'm not saying my life is perfect. It's fucking far from it. But you got to fucking rise to the occasion. And you can't just give yourself the ammunition to fucking bury yourself in booze. Like, that's not, that's no way to fucking live. Yeah, it's funny you say that because it's, like, just because you get sober, like, life doesn't just magically become all sunshine and rainbows. You still have problems. Right. But you just don't deal with them. They're so much easier to deal with. Well, it's Like, so you don't much... just have a big problem and, like, ah, I'm not going to... Because you don't deal with your problems when you're in addiction. You just drink and do drugs to escape them. And you, I find. And you just dig a deeper hole, right? You're just fucking... Yeah. You ha- you're literally putting a fucking Band-Aid on a gaping fucking shotgun wound is what you're doing. Yeah. And you're just, yeah, you're digging your fucking grave. You're digging yourself deeper in. And then you're giving yourself more of a reason to drink and to feel like a piece of shit. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's one that I have lived my whole entire life since I was a kid, right? Like growing up with parents that fucking drank and partied and did whatever the fuck. Like I've lived this chaos over and over again. So when I got old enough to then create my own chaos, chaos cycle, like it's just, 
it's super hard because I'm so happy and I'm so content with healing and like doing my thing. But it is hard because I look at some of the people that you kind of have to leave behind. And it's not because I'm leaving them behind because I don't love them. and I don't care for them. I just, I can't fucking, I can't be part of that because it's going to suck me right back in. Yeah. True. Yeah. And then, uh, I, when I was in active addiction, my relationship with my dad was, we kind of had a relationship, but it wasn't, we weren't very tight. You know, we would talk, like wish each other happy birthday, see each other on Christmas, that kind of thing. And now it's like amazing. Like my dad's one of my like best friends. Like we hang out all the time. Well, he, they live in Powell River now, but I love when he stops in and stays the night and we cook him breakfast or supper on his way. You know, we go ocean fishing every year. Couple one year we went twice. <laughs> like we go to we have bear camp with with him and my stepmom and uh, my brother. Like it's it's such a totally different relationship dynamic. And I think it was because, like, honestly, in our old house, like, I think my dad was there maybe once or twice. And it wasn't because I didn't want him there, but I was just, you know, when you got booze and even, like, drugs hidden in the cupboard or whatever, <laughs> like, you don't want, like, somebody to come and open a cupboard and be like, what the hell is this? And be like, oh, I don't know. Like, you're, and you're just embarrassed by the way you're living. And... What sobriety has done for me is made me not embarrassed about who I am. I'm, I feel amazing. I love my life. I love what I'm doing. I love bringing people around. And I love just, having people over. At, yeah, like having people over yeah. at our house in general that aren't like like we had people that don't get me wrong. We we had people at our house before, mm-hmm. like our house in John, but like people that were drinking. Yeah, like it was never like, hey, dad, come over for dinner. Like it was people that are like, yeah, coming to fucking get shit faced and, you know, like have a good time. It's a different dynamic. And I should also, another thing I want to say about your dad, your dad has been crazy supportive about our sobriety, Yeah, which is amazing because you know what? I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. My parents think I'm fucking like when I first told them that, like (laughs) I quit drinking or we quit drinking, like they're like, you don't have a problem. Mm -hmm. Like it was so refreshing to have your dad being so supportive and to be like, like, this is fucking awesome. Like, this is great. Like, I'm proud of you guys. Like, that was huge for me because I never really get that from my parents. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He has been very supportive and it's, it makes the world a difference. It makes it easier. Yeah. It's awesome. Like, I feel I could go to my dad with any problem I have and like ask for his advice or whatever. Problems with you? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I keep it up. And you know who else? I know I have another listener too, Velma. I know she's a religious listener. She messages me almost bi-weekly and lets me know what she thinks of the podcast. She's also been super duper good. I actually like messaged her and I was like, thank you for being so nice about everything. And like being so supportive. I feel like you're like, I'm vicariously living through Jackie's mom (laughs) (laughs) for parental support. Um, But yeah, no, and it like, and it's awesome. I, and it's, I don't even know how to say it. Like, it's so cool to have these parent figures like step up and be like, good job kids. Like you're doing good. Yeah. Cause I honestly, I really miss that. I really, I feel like I'm missing that by my parent, my actual parents not giving it to me. Yeah. Um, and again, they're, I'm not shitting on them. They're fucking stuck in their own shit and you know, it is what it is, but I really appreciate that. And I really like, yeah, your dad has really stepped up and fucking been mm-hmm. that rock to be like, good job kids. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, how about, uh, friendships with friends? <laughs> I can go first if you want. Fuck give her. So I'm very lucky because the friendships that I had while I was in active addiction, I'm still friends with the same people, but our relationship is totally different. 
like guys that I used to go to the bar with and get shittered and, you know, go, oh, we're going to go over to this guy's garage and get fucking tuned up. Like I'm still friends with all these guys. Just now, instead of, you know, getting drunk all the time, we're doing other stuff. We're doing the stuff that we used to talk about when we were drinking. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, yeah, we should go to the lake and do this and that. We never did because I was drunk. Like, I, all I wanted to do was get drunk. And those plans just, those be, are things I wanted to do but never did. Make plans and be too hungover to fucking do anything about it. Yeah. That. Like, now today I'm going golfing with three of my buddies. I'm so excited. I love – every time I see my friends now, it's like – totally different you know i i think i'll have to ask them but i i act a little bit different you know i can i feel like i can just be myself without the booze it's awesome i love it it's, it's freeing, such, right and it's you're yeah. not watering yourself down you're who you truly are and that's the right people will gravitate to who you truly are yeah and everybody you- knows i'm a weirdo and, <laughs> <laughs> and i can just be my weird self and it's awesome i love it fucking alien slum bitch <laughs> Um, my relation, well, first off, I should start by saying I've been a fucking hermit since I moved to Hudson's Hope. Actually, probably even before I moved to Hudson's Hope. I, um, I know I've kind of talked about it before, but like, I just, for that first like year of sobriety, I really kept to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because I kept to myself and I didn't, you know, I had a few friends, but, uh, since I've moved to Hudson's Hope and since I've really you know, kind of been more open about my drinking and shit. Like I've had, so I've lost a lot of friends and I won't say lost, but I will say I have realigned or they have aligned with people that aren't me or I've aligned with people mm-hmm. that aren't them. Um, and a lot of those relationships that I, you know, I'm not keen on anymore and I don't wish them fucking harm or ill will or anything, mm-hmm. but a lot of those relationships of people that I thought I was tight with were very much based on fucking chaos, drama and drinking. Mm-hmm. And like, it's hard because again, these are people I've had in my life for fucking decades. These are people that see me at my highest, lowest in between, but I just don't resonate with them because again, they're, and I'm not saying they don't have drinking problems or fucking anything like that, but they're just so in the chaos of drama that I can't fucking stomach to have these conversations with them because I don't want to talk about other people's bullshit. I don't want to talk about drama. I don't want to talk. I don't want to, I don't resonate with any of that shit anymore. And a lot of that shit is brought out by drinking. Yeah. You know, and like we had, again, I almost want to call it a trauma bond over drinking because it opens the envelope to fucking feel sorry for yourself and to talk shit and to like whatever. Like, and I just, I just can't. And I know that a lot of people, not a lot of people, but I know that some of my old friends, I know that that bothers them. Um, but again, it's one of those things when you're fucking healing, like don't align yourself with people you're no longer aligned with. Like I'm, I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to sit there and smile and pretend to engage in this bullshit just out of a formality. Like I just, I fucking can't. Yeah. I just can't. I can't be like fake anymore at all. Right. Because it's, I did it for so long when I was in addiction that it's like, no, I just, I refuse to. If I don't like you, we're just not friends. Like, whatever. Right. It's not a big deal. I have enough friends. I don't even... Honestly, I don't even need that many. And <laughs> Myself like, is my best friend, so, I mean... And it's funny, because I know, in particular, like, someone... Before I moved, one of my old friends had said something about, like, Oh, you're going to be lonely in Hudson's Hope. I am not lonely. I fucking... I, I got 30 chickens. I ain't lonely. Right. Assassin <laughs> chickens protect me. It, it, yeah. Like since I moved here, like it's crazy. I've gotten my best friend since high school, but who she was uh, my maid of honor in my wedding. Like me and her have gotten super close. I've reconnected with uh, another good friend of mine that, you know, on and off life gets busy and whatnot. I've reconnected with, uh, with her. 
Um, I met a great gal out of Chetwin. I talk about her lots. She has uh, been such a fucking, such a staple and such a, like, a good time just going through the fucking trenches and learning about spirituality and all the bullshit and the corrupt government. Like, I've, yeah, and I've, like, I've rekindled a relationship with my sister, and I've had so many people so much support from the podcast, from Macaroni Meadows, just like going on social media and fucking telling my shit and just like putting it out there. Like I am far from lonely. And honestly, the people in my life right now are so fucking aligned that it just makes my heart, my little crusty black heart is just so mm-hmm. fucking full. Um, but yeah, so that's one of those things, you know, oh, Courtney, you're going to be so lonely in Hudson's Hope by yourself. Bitch, I ain't fucking lonely. Yeah. And I'm aligned with the right people. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Lacey and Chetwin. She does the Ion Foot Baths. And then we go there for the foot baths, but it's more than that. Like the foot baths do stuff for you. But honestly, it's like a therapy session, like just sitting there and talking to her about life. And I feel so nice when I'm there because it's just like I can just say whatever I want. And it's like such a like safe place. And I don't know. It feels like she's been a part of our life forever. And we've only known her for less than a year. It's right. Crazy. Like I think what the first time we seen her was that September, October. I don't know. <laughs> but, that's, but that's like, that's just it, right? Sometimes those people align in your life and you're like, holy fuck, I feel like I've known you since I was a little kid. Like it's, yeah. and that's like, when you, and then you're having these genuine conversations too, right? Like these aren't bullshitting about fuck while you're getting shit faced and like, those aren't real conversations. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's some quality to them, but mm-hmm. fucking barely. Like it's, it's, yeah, they're not genuine. But yeah, I know, like, it's it's been really cool because it, it is hard when you lose those relationships because you mourn them and you have to mourn them, right? Because if you don't mourn them, you're going to get sucked back into the shit and that's not doing, yeah. that's not doing yourself any good either. Um, but no, like, it's, sometimes you have to cut away people to let new people in and it, it's hard. It's it's not mm-hmm. fucking easy, but in the grand scheme of things, you're going to, re- you're going to align with people that are like-minded because they're on the same path as you or they're similar path as you and they get you and they get what you're going through. Yeah. So if you got to fucking trim the fat and cut some people out to make room for new people, uh, fuck, it sucks, but not really because it is what it is and you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out, it's uh, springtime here. So shout out to all our farmer's market friends that I can't wait to see a couple more weeks. We'll be getting that. And there's so many amazing people there. I just love the first farmer's market of the year. I'm there for like an hour and a half, just BSing with everybody and Blaine makes a point to buy from every vendor and to chat with every vendor. I do, yeah. I like to make friends with them all. <laughs> They're all great people. I oh, I bet you they just love the No Waste Today's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, some of them. Maybe, maybe they have a drinking problem. Maybe. Fuck, farmer life is tough life. I can imagine fucking wanting to blow up some steam once in a while. Yeah, know. maybe they had a bad winter and they're on the sauce. I don't know. How do I know? <laughs> they're making fucking, uh, they're making uh, have a bunch of old oranges under the radiator, making fucking homemade food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some black currant wine. <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it's it's one of those things, like, relationships have changed, and again, you mourn them, but you also realize that they gotta change for a reason, because you're changing, you're evolving as a fucking human being, and, you know, you can keep love for these people, I have love for these people that I no longer consider tight-knit, but it's from afar, because that's just the way it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I want to go in on a little bit, uh, my relationship with my brother even has changed. Like, we were always tight and all that, but even even him, like, my addiction got so bad that I was even keeping it from him. Like, he didn't know how, like, he kind of knew, but he didn't know how bad it was. And now it's, like, awesome. Like, I we hang out all the time. He's literally moving to Hudson Hope. Like, our relationship has even changed, you know, and I'm so happy for it. We always, we're always doing stuff outside and 
hunting and fishing. We got bear camp coming up here pretty soon. I'm really stoked for that. And it's just, it's crazy. Even our like relationship dynamic has changed. It's no longer like, oh, let's drink a bunch of beer together or whatever. It's, you know. Bitch about cool. our old ladies. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, I, um, we still do that. We still do that. Yeah, no shit. And actually, I should mention too. I didn't have much of a relationship with my sister. You know, we had a lot of trauma growing up. We had our my well, my older brother, my sister's younger brother, because my sister's the oldest. He passed away when I was in, when I was like 16, 17 years old. Um, and we had you know just fucking trauma and bullshit from years of living in the trenches, and we kind of went our separate ways. Um, we've realigned as well, uh, which is kind of cool because it was a long fucking time that we didn't talk like damn near, damn near a decade. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I don't think that would have happened had I not fucking cleaned up and got off fucking got off booze, got off fucking coke. Like, I don't think that shit would have happened. Mm-hmm. She actually messaged me yesterday and was like, I just listened to episode number 12. Like, wow, <laughs> something <laughs> yeah. along the lines of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's, that's another relationship that has changed and changed for the better. Yeah. And then, uh, the last relationship we're going to talk about is our relationship with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a big one. That is a big one. That's a low big one. Yeah. Do you so, want to start? Yeah, I'll start. My relationship with myself is insanely better. Like I, I was always like, I don't know, like down on myself before. And just, well, obviously, you're a drunk. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not something to be proud of, really. You know, like, life is so hard and chaotic, and you're just stuck in this rut. And I remember being, like, like screaming at myself one time. Because I am, everything I've wanted to do in life, I've done. Like, I, when I get my mind to something, I just, I'm able to do it. It's this weird thing. I don't know how to explain it. But I was like... I want to get sober and why the fuck can't I? And I was so mad at myself. Like, I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like sober for three days and then boom, back at her on a Tuesday. (laughs) And then like now my relationship with myself is amazing. I said it earlier. I'm my own best friend. I love hanging out with myself. I love, I'm on this like super health kick to try to make up for all the years that I abused my body. So I'm working out a lot, going for walks. He takes himself on dates. I even started running. He, <laughs> he buys himself flowers. He can hold, he'll hold his own hand. I don't do that. but <laughs> I do buy myself cool things, golf clubs. <laughs> but that's the way it should be, right? Like you should have that self-love and you should. And it's when you, that's another thing that contributes to fucking addiction. You feel like shit. So you fucking do dumb shit to keep yourself from feeling. Yeah. You kind of hate yourself, really. It's just like, it's it's oh, I'm such a loser. You're always down on yourself, and I can't believe I did it again. And yeah, drinking and drugs, like it's fucking. It is a form of self harm. It is. It's wanting to fucking hurt yourself to make because you feel like shit. It is a form of self harm. Like you can't fucking you can't tell me anything else. Like it is. Yeah, it totally is. But when you you start getting sober and realizing like life is so good, and then like right now. Life is so good that I want to live forever. <laughs> like, so I'm like taking all these supplements and like eating liver and doing cold baths, just everything to like take care of yourself. prolong longevity and take care of my brain and my body. It's just, I want to live forever. I want to see what this crazy world has to offer in 70 years when I'm a hundred. 
And it's funny because this is a conversation that had like five years ago. It was like, oh, fuck it. Are we going to live to be old? Yeah. Right? Like it's, and now like it's been such, again, one of those things, such a fucking switch of, you know, like fuck it, YOLO. It is what it is to like, no, like I want to be fucking old. I'm taking care of this meat suit. So when I'm fucking 90 years old, I can fucking go on my belt or go on my fucking deck and be like, you son of a bitchy cat. Get out of my fucking yard. (laughs) Like I'm taking care of myself. Because I want to live to be old. I want to have fucking kids. I want to have grandkids. I want them to be like, oh, that's Grandma Courtney. She was a fucking drunk and a cool kid, didn't you know? Like, I fucking, I want, I want to see my kids. I want to see my fucking kids and my grandkids old grow up and get, like, you know, have lives of their own. Right? I want to be able to take care of my chickens when I'm 80. Right? And, like, and again, for me, like, I... I didn't have a great relationship with myself. I had a shitty relationship with myself. Because if I had a good relationship with myself, I wouldn't have treated myself like fucking garbage. Yeah. And I, like, what is that song? It's like, I love myself today, not like <laughs> yesterday. Like, I do. I fucking love myself. I, you know, like, again, not every day is perfect. <laughs> not fucking, you know, the sun's not going to shine every day of your life. But nine times out of ten, I fucking, I, I know that I've come far. I know that I still have a fucking heaps and bounds to go. But I know that I'm putting in the work and I know that in the long run, like this shit is paying off. I can fucking, I can feel it in my soul. I can feel it in my bones. I can feel it in the way that, you know, I even now, like I thought it was funny the one day you were like, I like when you look in the mirror and smile, like that's super cute when you do that. Yeah. I can tell you for fucking years, I didn't smile when I looked in the mirror. That's one thing. Our house at Macaroni Meadows, the previous owner has mirrors everywhere. And at first I kind of didn't like them because like you're always seeing yourself, but now like, you should see me. I walk up to it. I give it a little flex, and I always give myself a little pep talk. You're the coolest guy I know. Smartest guy. <laughs> and it's actually it's super sick because in the fucking in our gym downstairs, yeah. it's awesome because it's awesome. They're everywhere, and it's so easy to like critique your form and to just be like, "Fuck, yeah. I'm looking tight today." Like, right? Oh, my muscles are popping. <laughs> yeah. So actually, I'm actually like, I'd like to message the previous owner. He opened. I keep yeah, on going to. Instagram. Like, I keep on Instagram. He opened a gym, and I think. Provost, Alberta, yep. somewhere like that. Um, Cause yeah, at first when we moved in here, I was like, look at these fucking mirrors. And my mom even said that she was like, Oh my God, these mirrors everywhere are just fucking something else. <laughs> and at first I was like, yeah, like I kind of don't like it either. Cause they're just everywhere. But now I'm like, fuck, I look good. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I love the mirrors. I look at myself all the time. Like, look at that handsome devil in the mirror. Look at him. Every time I reach for that <laughs> fucking Snickers bar, I'm like, I know that mirror, those mirrors are fucking everywhere. They'll go straight to your, straight <laughs> to where it's not supposed to go. And now golf season, I got my nice golf outfit on. Like, Ooh, I'm looking good. Today. You should tell your story about that shirt. That's a good story. Oh, this your shirt. shirt. Well, I guess we're not on video, but anyway, <laughs> this shirt, I, I don't even, I bought this like maybe four years ago and it was too small. And I was like, ah, I should just throw it away. But I was like, you know what? Maybe one day I'll start losing weight and I'll be able to fit it. Well, I threw it on today and I'm going golfing in it. It and looks I'm, good too. It looks I'm good. so proud of that. Like that is so cool. And it sucks because a lot of my golf shirts are like way too big now, so it kind of kind of sucks. I got to get a whole new wardrobe. Oh no! Oh fuck, that's the worst. <laughs> hey? Oh no, I got to go shopping for golf clothes. Oh no! Painful. <laughs> fuck, what a hard knock life it is when you're fucking instead of instead of shopping for booze and coke or <laughs> for clothes. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's it's nuts. Just relationship with yourself is it's the most important one because if you're not 
good with yourself, how are you going to be good with other people? You're not going to be. No, that's right. You're going to fucking, you're going to look for every excuse to be a piece of shit to others because you're, you're mean to yourself. If you, yeah, mm-hmm. if you can't be fucking nice to yourself, why would you be nice to anybody else? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's such, it's, ah, life is so good. It's good every day. I love it. And again, like, we're not, like, I don't know about you, but I'm not putting this out there to be like, oh, my life is fucking all sunshine and roses. We have our own shit, right? We have our own fucking battles we're overcoming, and we there's still work to be done. Like, don't fucking, don't kid yourself yeah. there. Like, this is, this is just, uh, this is just fucking, the shit's just getting good. Like, if shit's gonna get better, shit, we're gonna keep going, and, like, life's gonna continue to, you know, continue to fucking be filled with prosperity. Um, yeah, leaps and bounds to go, but, like, Fuck, man, I am just so thankful, and I'm so I'm thankful to myself for putting in this work. I'm thankful for you to you. Uh, sorry, I'm thankful to you because you've made it so much easier having us being on the fucking same page. Like, I honestly don't think had I got sober and you stayed drinking, like fuck, we would not be here, not together no, anyway. Not a chance. Not together. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the work doesn't stop. You have to keep doing it every day. Like it's not just. Oh, you're in a great mood and you're super happy. Yeah, because I work my ass off to do this. Right. Like, I don't stop. I put in, I do something every single day to make myself happy. It's not just, I don't just wake up and sit on the couch and watch TV all day and, oh, I'm super happy. No, I get off my ass and do shit. Absolutely. And being busy is good for you, I think. It's so good for you. It's well, good for me. It's so good for you. And another thing, too, just like... Everything you consume, so when you're flattening your ass on the fucking couch and you're consuming trash TV, you're ordering fucking Domino's and like consuming trash fucking food. This all is just turning you into trash, man. Like you are like everything you can, everything you absorb, the people you're around, everything you. There goes our Domino sponsor. (laughs) Just kidding. Fuck. Everything you put into yourself and everything you absorb and the people around you you absorb, it all comes back out. Like it's it's yeah. And again. I know that some people are probably like, oh, you know, that's easier said than done. And it's hard. It fucking is. And it takes baby steps. And it's not something you just change overnight. Um, and if you do, fuck good on you because that's a rare breed. But, yeah. I mean, it's just so fucking worth it. You're yourself. You will thank yourself when this shit fucking starts to pay off. You will notice a difference and you will not want to go back. A big thing, too, is is what you put into your body, like, for food-wise, for diet. We're going to do an episode here pretty soon on food and we're going to go in and into some things but it is you feel so much better when you eat i just call it real food you don't eat shit from mcdonald's and processed garbage you don't go for coffee like, 17 times a day at tim hortons uh, i have somebody on my facebook that like every second post is i'm eating out and i'm just like why you're fucking uh, killing yourself like uh. yeah, we're gonna go into it in depth here pretty soon but yeah it's what you put in your body, like, fuels you, and man, what a difference. Insane energy, and just, not to mention it tastes great, so we're going to go into that later, but. Yeah, getting, getting sidetracked <laughs> here on our relationships, our relationship rant. Yeah, but anyways, guys, that's uh, episode 13 here of the No Waste Days podcast. Hope you guys liked it. Like always, like, comment, subscribe. We'll catch you guys next week, and always be your own best friend. Peace.